question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Good day, healthy runners. Welcome to episode number six. In this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast, we are going to be talking about keeping your training consistent by training smart with proper progression. So are you new to running and you're someone who just goes out there as hard as you can each and every run? Or are you someone who always gets injured every time you try to train for a race? So I know I have been there before. Um, I feel your pain. This has happened to me, unfortunately, multiple times early in my running um, journey. Right now, I'm up to, I believe it's 49 road races and 21 half marathons that I've done to date. So these training tips I'm going to be sharing with you are definitely based upon personal experience as well as the hundreds of runners that I help each and every day who wind up getting injured most of the time, usually attributed to some training errors. So that's where we're really going to go in this episode. I'm going to be covering five training tips that will help you either start to run or train smarter so you don't have to stop running along the way due to suffering an injury. In this episode, we will cover some common questions I hear often, which include how often should you run? How far should you run? Should you consider doing a run-walk method? So we'll get into what that is. So now let's put this into context. In this sixth episode of the podcast and the series, we're covering the fifth and final tip of what I like to call the spark blueprint. So in episode number one, we covered the foundation of how to run stronger and healthier without injuries, laying out really that spark blueprint foundation. So that was kind of like setting the table there. And then we talked about strength training to run in our second episode, which was the first of the five tips for healthy running. So these are otherwise known as your prehab exercises, meaning they are to be done to prevent injuries as as opposed to only doing specific exercises when you do get injured as part of rehab. So that's what we mean by prehab. And in the third episode, we talked about tip number two for healthy running, which was adding in plyometric training or jump training to your program. In the fourth episode, we talked about tip number three, which was adding in weight-bearing and single-leg exercises. And the last episode, we covered performing routine, self-mobility, and soft tissue care to help your muscles recover from the demands of running. So now, in this sixth episode, we're going to be covering an element to staying healthy that does not relate to your physical characteristics. So not related to the inherent muscle imbalances you may be having and relate to changing your body as a runner. So whether it's your muscle strength or your muscle length, that was in the first four tips. So those are the things I have covered 
Um, in my career as working as a physical therapist in the traditional kind of clinic model, now at Spark Physical Therapy, we focus on the whole runner and address not only your physical characteristics, but the other contributing factors to making you a successful runner. So whether that is with your training, whether it's your sneaker selection, whether it's your nutrition, your sleep, or your mental mindset. So that was also the reason why I wanted to start the Healthy Runner Facebook group and now this podcast to discuss these other issues that occur with runners because we need to look at the body and the person as a whole as opposed to one specific characteristic and one physical characteristic or attribute that sometimes some folks in the medical community might say you have knee pain and you need to do this one thing and that's going to get rid of your knee pain. So we know that you really need to look at all factors that play a role in getting that knee pain to begin with. And that's what I love to do is keeping you healthy as a runner so you can continue to do what you love. So let's get into these five training tips. So tip number one is going to be running at least three days a week. So we're going to think about running more frequently throughout the week and we're specifically talking about your training frequency. So this is going to depend um, upon how long you've been running. But if you're just starting out, you wanna shoot to train three days a week. So this could be running, this could be jogging, this could be a run walk, which we'll get into in a little bit, um, for 20 to 30 minutes, at least twice a week. And then one other day during the week, we want to dedicate that to a longer run. And this longer run should be about 40 minutes to an hour, which usually occurs for most folks on the weekends. Like I know me, Saturdays are my long run day. Um, that will be changing soon to Sundays as the Cheshire Half Marathon program kicks off. We're going to be meeting our group that are in the Cheshire program on Sunday mornings. But usually, most folks will dedicate that time during the weekend when we have a little bit more time, we're not rushing in to get to work, and you can dedicate that time to your long run. So tip number two is going to be slowing down. So this is something I commonly see, and I was guilty as charged when I started running. When I started running, I thought you go out to run because I, I was coming from the mindset of, doing running as cardio in the gym. So for me, working out for you know, 10, 15 years, ever since college, it was always, I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna do some cardio. Okay, what's cardio? Running on the treadmill. So running for me was like cardio. So I always thought cardio, you wanted to burn calories, you wanted to burn fat, you wanted to get slimmer, right? You wanted to trim down, get cut, get lean, and it was go at a high intensity, high intensity, because that was the goal. However, since I started becoming a runner now, and running is my sport, we need to train a little bit smarter, and we need to slow down. You want to think slow and steady wins the race, right? So I'm sure everyone has heard that one time or a thousand times in their lives before. So what am I talking about in terms of speed or, or pace that you're running? It's really related to your training intensity. So how intense your workouts are. As a beginner, you want to run or jog at actually a conversational pace, meaning you can maintain that conversation with the person running next to you. 
if you're not running with someone next to you, talk to yourself. I've done this before in runs. It looks a little crazy when cars drive by, but trust me, it will help you control your breathing. If you can't maintain a conversation, then you're going too hard. So if you're going too hard, then number one, you're not really maximizing your lung capacity and taking in oxygen, which needs to occur to feed your muscles. And you're probably going at a higher intensity than what your body, your muscles, your tendons, your ligaments, and your bones can tolerate. So you really want to run at this conversational pace for at least your first three months running as you develop what we call your running base. So if you're just starting out, you're a beginner runner, like kudos to you, that is amazing, awesome. I would love to see more people take up running because I think it is an amazing form of exercise and for all of the benefits we've probably already talked about before, but you need to do it at a slower pace. So even running slow or even walking first before you run. Don't be afraid to take walk breaks as needed and focus on increasing your run time or your run distance in gradual increments rather than your race pace or your run pace. So your pace um, is really how fast you're going. So don't focus on how fast you're going initially before you build up that base and just focus on getting more time out there on the road or more distance out there. So it's really about building up your running fitness and allowing your body to adapt to the stresses of running and getting you on a consistent routine of running to create that habit. So apparently it takes about two months before a new behavior becomes automatic. Did you guys know that? Apparently exactly it takes 66 days um, per Google. So it takes time and that's what you should be looking at this first two months of running is just getting that new behavior, becoming consistent, and allowing your body to adapt. So now let's get into this run-walk method. And this is something that I highly recommend for definitely all of the patients that I work with who are looking to getting back into a return to run program. So whether or not you had knee surgery, you had a knee arthroscopy, um, whether or not you sprained your ankle, whether or not you're coming back from a really tough bout of Achilles tendonitis, and you basically went cold turkey. You weren't running at all, and now we need to get you back into running. So this run-walk method can be helpful for post-injury as well as new runners getting started. So this method was originally pioneered by the famous former Olympian and coach Jeff Galloway for beginners, but he also actually advocates it for experienced runners to improve their race times, um, believe it or not. So His methodology is that even an experienced runner can improve their race times by having these strategic walk periods during their race. So it's really contrary to what you might think. Um, This this technique actually means walking when when you're tired. So it, it means taking a brief walk break when you're not. So it's not about walking because you're tired and fatigued that you can't run anymore and now you need to walk. Like if anyone's ever been there in a race and definitely has happened to me a couple times um, where I try to walk those uh, water breaks because I'm just fatigued out. His methodology is more taking these walk breaks when you're not even tired yet. So you're actually saving energy and then you're able to run faster. Um, So you can pick whatever ratio of walking and running that works best for you. 
I'll give you some suggested combinations. So if you're a beginner level runner, um, some suggestions are to run for 10 to 30 seconds and then walk for a minute or two for the duration of your run. So you just keep repeating that. You'll do intervals of 10 to 30 seconds and then you're walking for a minute or two minutes. So this can be done on many of the apps. So actually I just had a client that I was just getting back into running after surgery and she uses the RunKeeper app. I use RunKeeper as well. And you can set intervals in there and then you'll get reminded if you don't wanna to have to keep looking at your watch or looking at your phone when you're running on when these intervals kick in. So it'll tell you to jog or it'll tell you to you know walk. And that would be the beginner recommendation, 10 to 30 seconds run and then one to two minutes walking. For intermediate level, you can do one to five minutes of running now, and then one to two minutes of walking. So now we've changed our ratio, right? So now we're running more than we are walking. So you just keep repeating those intervals. And then for experienced runners, if you wanted to take on this run-walk method, let's say you have some significant degenerative joint disease, some arthritis in your knee or your hip, and your surgeons like don't run at all, and you're looking to just maintain a little bit of your running before you get your hip replacement, before you get your knee replacement, then maybe this might be a good kind of compromise for you in that you run six to eight minutes and then you walk for 30 seconds to a minute. So that would be some examples of intervals that you can do. I usually take my clients up gradually. So you're kind of building up by a minute and kind of reversing the ratio. So it's a nice gradual progression. So the thought is taking breaks um, makes your training. So especially if you're training for like a full marathon or a half marathon training, um, the thought is that it makes it less grueling and reduces your risk of injury because it gives the muscles regular recovery time during a long run. So I'm not sure exactly if that's true. Um, from a training perspective, like I said, Jeff Galloway is the expert in that area. For me, I really look at our first four tips in our five tips for healthy running and make sure those are addressed if we're looking to really reduce the grueling risk of injury associated with half marathon and full marathon training. So I'd make sure all of those variables were covered and then think about your training and how we can modify that so you're not getting injured. So I think this is a great way for anyone starting to run to allow your body to adapt to the forces and the demands of running or someone who's getting back into running if they haven't run for a certain number of months due to an injury, due to a surgery, um, or they're just starting back up again. So tip number three, gradually build your training volume. So volume, I'm really looking at the total work you do running. So for my science geeks out there, I'm talking about the, the slope of the line. So how steep, if we were to track your training volume over time, either by each day, by each week, we wanna think about our weekly total volume gradually increasing the steepness of that line or the slope of the line. So it's not a, a vertical, right? We're not going up a very, very steep hill or mountain. We're going up a nice, slow, gradual mountain, right? Or hill, if we're thinking about running. So we wanna follow the 10 to 20% weekly volume increase. So you wanna increase your mileage or time gradually. Sticking to the 10 to 20% increase rule helps to avoid doing too much 
too soon and too fast. So you want to take a slow, gradual build will help reduce the risk of injury. So for those of you, I'm definitely not um, expert in math here, but I can do 10% pretty well. And so if we're thinking about 10% increase per week, if you ran 10 miles this week and you're looking for a 10% increase, that means you're going to run 11, right? So you're going to increase one mile, you're going to run 11 miles the following week. So it's really jumping up 10 to 20% only each week into your training volume. You don't want to go running five miles one week and then 12 miles the next. You don't want to go from 12 to 20, right? So that's, again, training smarter. Going back to like the original reason for why we're doing this podcast today. All right, so now let's get into tip number four, rest and recover. So it's not actually about training, but it's about resting. So resting and recovering can occur with cross training on your days off from running. So when you're not running, you want to be either resting or cross training. And you should definitely dedicate one day to complete rest, that you don't do any form of exercise. We allow your body to recover. So you shouldn't feel guilty about this either. Your body needs the recovery after all the grueling miles that you put in. And sometimes less is especially more if you have a history of overuse running injuries, such as chronic tendonitis, so think about that posterior tib tendon, um, if you've ever had that, shin splints, and especially if you've had stress fractures before. So you really need to think about adding in more rest and recovery into your program. So this is something, honestly, I found helpful. Actually, last running season for me was a positive in that I have improved my half marathon times from the year prior, which was good. They're still not back to where they were five years ago, but we're working on that. Um, but I went in a positive direction. And one thing that I did change is that I added in more rest days. And I'm guilty to admit that that wasn't on purpose. It was due to strategic. I needed the time to get work done. And it related to getting some projects that I needed to get done, such as starting the Healthy Runner Facebook group, and now this podcast. So I still wake up at 4.30 every morning, and instead of running on that day, I'm getting a good two to three hours of work before my normal workday starts. So adding in rest and recovery, number one, is going to be good for your body, and then in number two, it will help your productivity in everything else you're trying to get done in your busy weeks. Tip number five, find the right training plan for you. And find the right training plan dependent upon your present level of fitness. So if you are just looking at an online training program or plan and it worked for someone, it might not work for you because your level of fitness is most likely different than whoever's training plan that you're following. So you really need to pick the right plan that's based upon your level of fitness so it's not too intense, it doesn't ramp up too quickly, and you're not adding in too many variables. And when I say variables, when you're thinking about training intensity, you want to think about not adding in your speed work. So speed work, I mean intervals. So if you're doing some intervals on the track, whether you're doing repeat 400s, repeat 800s, so it's like um, two laps around the track, or you're doing 1200s, right? So don't think about doing any of that until you have that base built up. 
all right, and you've honestly run a couple of races under your belt, and now you're just looking to improve your race times. So whether it's interval speed work or it's tempo runs, so tempo runs are going to be a run where you warm up and then you go at a faster pace for the middle of your workout. So let's say you're doing a five-mile tempo run, you're going to run one mile, kind of easy jog, and then you're going to run three at a faster pace. So you're going at maybe your race pace or close to it, right? Probably not your race pace, but you're going a lot harder than you would on an easy run. And then you're doing a one mile kind of easy run. So that would be your tempo run. And then there's also other types of speed work or challenging runs. You can do fart licks as well as hills. So we can get into all those specific types of runs in future episodes. But the moral of the story is you need to build a base first before you start doing any speed work. And what I mean by build a base is consistent mileage. So getting your body adapted to running 15 miles a week, 20 miles a week, 30 miles a week. First, you're doing that consistently, and then you can start to add in those harder workouts. You don't want to have a week that you're actually adding in those harder workouts at the same time you're actually still adding in mileage because that's going to be a recipe for disaster. And your body's going to break down, and you're not going to be able to continue to run because you're going to get an injury. So again, you want to think about these training variables and being smart about how you are increasing your training into your program. So if you're looking for a training plan, let's say for the Cheshire Half, um, then you can Google the Cheshire Half Marathon Spark and you're going to see the training plan that we are conducting for the Cheshire Half Marathon in 2020. And if you're listening to this episode after the Cheshire Half, then feel free to shoot me a message to see about any upcoming training programs that we are offering for local road races. But we really adapt our training based upon your level of fitness and guide you in proper progression so you don't get injured over time. So I hope this made some sense for you. And just want to keep this in context um, that you're remembering this is tip number five within our Spark Blueprint. So kind of this training smart with proper progression. And in this episode, we really covered five tips um, for how to train smart, right? And, you know, this is in our fifth tip of our Spark Blueprint. So congratulations to all of you as you have completed the first 5K tips, as I like to call them, on how to be a healthy runner. So now you have the information here and all you need to do is take action and implement it. So hearing information is one thing, but actually doing it is a whole other challenge we face as runners and making habit changes. So if I can make a plea for you to please take action on at least one thing, and if there was one thing I need you to take action on, then please, can it be that you now understand the importance of adding in strength training to your training and to stop statically stretching your muscles. Um, so that remember, that's at longer hold times. So before you go out for a run and certainly before a race. So if there's one take-home message, I hope, at least from these six episodes, it is that, that you're really gonna understand the importance and dedicate more time to strength training and stop stretching for longer periods of time before your runs or before your races. 
So are you trying to stay healthy but can't train because pain is stopping you from meeting your running goals? Or are you worried that an injury will limit you from doing what you love like running? Have you ever wondered um, what it's going to cost you in the long run if you continue to run through pain? So these are all common questions I commonly hear. And the other thing that um, I hear a lot is that you go to other medical providers in the past and they just tell you to stop running. So you're making a decision to actually not get your Achilles pain checked out or your foot pain checked out or your shin splints because you are afraid your medical provider is going to tell you to stop running. The other thing is, do you want to shave time off your next 5K or half marathon time? So at Spark Physical Therapy, we have a unique treatment approach that focuses on solving these common problems that I hear so often from our runners. So our goal is to help keep you active and on the road while recovering from injury by guiding you in ways to modify your training rather than eliminating running. So we combine manual hands-on techniques with guided supervised exercises to help get you stronger pain-free, and perform at your peak level to get you back on the road doing what you love. So our Spark Physical Therapy commitment is that you're never going to have a long wait or multiple trips to providers' offices each and every week. We see you in a gym setting surrounded by gym equipment at a time that is convenient with your schedule, so either before work or after work. We're one-on-one for a full hour with myself, your doctor of physical therapy, each and every visit, You're not being treated by aides in different clinics. Um, We provide you with a customized plan specifically designed for you based off your unique injury and goals. And there's always full transparency in what you're going to pay. You will never get a bill from us a couple of months after your visit. And then you're going to have access and availability um, to us. So if you have a question about your pain or your exercise program, you shoot me a text. You shoot me an email and I'll get you an answer um, directly from me. If you're in the greater Hamden, Connecticut area that has been dealing and you've been dealing with pain, we can help. So I'd love to chat for a few minutes and see if you are a good fit for what we do. So head over to sparkyourtraining.com and hit the button, inquire about availability and cost, and we'll set you up for a free 20-minute phone consultation with myself. I will also drop that link in the show notes so you can click that right there. So let's wrap up what we covered in this last episode of our Spark Blueprint, really laying out the foundation for you to be a healthy runner. So we talked about being consistent with your training and training smarter with proper progression. I gave you five tips. The first tip was to run at least three days a week. So we talked about training frequency and running more frequently throughout the week versus less. We talked about slowing down. So that was tip number two, training intensity we got into. We talked about the run-walk method and the benefits of that. But in general, you need to slow down and not run too fast of a pace until you have that running base and running fitness established. Our third tip that we gave you was gradually building up your training volume. So we talked about the gradual buildup of that training volume. Tip four was adding in rest and recovery. So doing some cross training, adding in rest into your training. And then tip five was find the right training plan for you and your level of running fitness. 
So if any of this information in today's podcast resonated with you, I ask that you share this episode with a runner friend that needs to hear this so we can help more runners stay healthy. Also, if you're like, if you like these first six episodes, then you're going to love all the future content I have planned for you. We have interviews with experts in the running field, whether it's a medical provider or it's going to be a fitness person. It's going to be someone talking about training, someone talking about nutrition. Um, we're going to be having some great topics, not only related to physical health. So we're going to be getting into training. We're going to get into sneakers, shoe selection, nutrition, running mindset. So we're going to be talking, kind of taking deep dives into all these kind of common issues that runners have, as well as I am definitely going to do some specific episodes on the most common running injuries, such as iliotibial band syndrome, hamstring tendon pain, Achilles pain, shin splints, and plantar fasciitis. So if you guys can please shoot me a little screenshot, take a screenshot of this episode on your phone and share it in your story on Instagram, on Facebook, tag me at Spark Your Training or on Facebook, tag Dwayne Scotty, D-U-A-N-E-S-C-O-T-T-I. And I would love to see that you're listening to this podcast. And if you can really, this will really help me get this content out to more runners so we can make more of an impact. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen either during your run or during your commute. I appreciate you and love our community. Remember, every Monday night at 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. So keep us in mind on your schedule so you can get all of your running-related questions answered. So I love being able to answer your questions during the live trainings, um, interacting with more of you, which is a little bit more of a two-way form of communication than this podcast is. So thank you again and stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you, and I hope you got a lot of value out of it, and I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said anything in this episode that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members and answer questions directly in there. And I absolutely love hearing your takeaways and your wins from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources, and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of our social media accounts at Spark Your Training, where I include lots of free content for all the ideas we talked about in the episode. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really, really greatly appreciate if you headed over to iTunes and rated and reviewed the show, as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same ideas and tools that you have. If you have any questions, suggestions, and show ideas, the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. So now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast.